everybody doing today? Doing okay? Come on, excited to be with you. Vision Sunday, to talk about a few things today uh, about who the local church is called to be, who Action Church is called to be, and then my part and your part in it. Uh, next week, uh, we're starting a four-week series called Unseen. Uh, it's a four-week study on the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. There's uh, people excited about that here at our 1030 service, talking about the often forgotten person of the Holy Spirit. The Father is easy to understand. Jesus is easy to understand. Oftentimes, we avoid things we don't understand. And theologically speaking, the, the part of God, the part of the Trinity you and I have access to while we live in this life is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better that I go away, so I send the person of the Holy Spirit. So we're spend four weeks just talking about who he is and what he has done, what he can do, and all the different characteristics and what that can and should produce in the life of a believer. Really gonna be a great study. So I would really love for you to make plans to join us for four weeks. I know for a lot of you, that's a lot. That's a big commitment, four weeks in a row coming to church. I really believe it will really, really help you. At Action Church, we exist to reach people where they are and to connect them to everything that God has for their life, to reach people and to connect people. The Great Commission says to go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may see the correlation there. Our mission statement, our vision statement came from the Great Commission to go. And we have to understand as believers, our primary responsibility is to love God to glorify God, and to make him known in the earth. So for us to, to make disciples, we have to love people in such a way that we give them an opportunity to make a decision. We say every single week at Action Church that decision leads to discipleship. We reach, and then we connect. We're gonna to talk today about how you can connect to all that God has for you, what a life of a disciple looks like, specifically here at Action Church even, but the first part of the Great Commission, the first part of our, our mission statement is to go and to reach. To reach people where they are, you have to go to where they are. And spiritually speaking, we have people that are in the family of God, in the kingdom of God, and people that are outside of it. The Bible calls those people lost. They are lost. They don't know what God has for them. And church, you are going to spend eternity somewhere either eternity with God or eternity apart from God. Say, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, I'd rather be wrong on my side than wrong on your side. So I'll pick me. Well, what if you're wrong? I'm good. If, I, if I'm wrong and you're right, we just die. No harm, no foul. I just did way more good than you in this life. But if you're wrong and I'm right, hot. You. There's lost. And there's found. I don't know about you, I, I get obsessed when something's lost. And I lose something every day. Every single, this is not, you can ask Gabby, you can ask my boy, this is not preacher exaggeration. I'm not telling a story. I cannot find my phone, my keys, or my wallet every day. Every day. Have you seen them? And they're never in the same spot. I'm an idiot. Are you like me? You're like, I'm like in my closet and, I, and, I, and I'm getting ready and I'm like, this will be a good spot to put them. Like third shelf under some towels. 
or like in a shoe. The other week, I had my wallet in a shoe on a shelf. And then when I found it, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like putting on my shirt, and it was right there at eye level. I was like, I'll never forget this. My keys are like in the garage. Like I was messing around with my golf clubs, and I like put them like, oh, yeah, I'll be right here when I'm done. And then I'm like six hours later, I'm like, oh, they're in the garage. Who puts their keys in the garage? I'm obsessed when I lose things. I cannot, I cannot leave, obviously, without my keys. But just a couple weeks ago, I lost a, a sweatshirt. I was going on a trip, and, and I lost a, a gray hoodie that I needed for the trip, and, uh, or that I wanted for the trip. I didn't really need it. I lost it. I, Gabby, have you seen it? The boys, were, we, have, we have a full search party looking for this, this hoodie. Now, this is Friday. We're not leaving till Sunday. I have more gray hoodies. I don't need that hoodie. I just am obsessed with finding out where that lost hoodie is. It's 100 degrees outside. I don't need it in Florida. I need it for the trip. I've got things to do between now and we leave on the trip, but I cannot stop thinking about the hoodie. Where is it? My heart would not have never been at peace. I would still be today looking for the hoodie if we didn't find it. What I want to submit to you today is that we should be obsessed with things that are lost. And if we're not careful, we will get comfortable in hanging out with those of us that are found and forget that the whole purpose is to reach the lost. That is the mission. The mission is to reach people who don't know Jesus. Yes, to then connect them. Yes, to then focus on discipleship. Yes, to then becoming well-formed followers of Christ. But we can't get to the destination if we don't ever start. And we can't start if we don't reach them. Our mission is to go into the world and make disciples, to reach people. I want us to be a church on a mission. Let's study 1 Corinthians 9 today as Paul writes to the church in Corinth about this mission. This mission changed him, and this mission should change us. We, we should be surrendered to the mission and the call of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. I'm gonna read it today in the message paraphrase. Because even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, <laughs> what a nice way to live. That's, the only way you can do that is if you're living for, for God. You can't be free from the demands of the expectations of everyone if you're living for yourself. What, what, a, what a statement of freedom that I don't think I'm at or, or many people that I've met are at. Even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. This reaching people should be exhaustive, should be spread out, it should not be exclusive, it should be inclusive, religious, non-religious. Meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized. And instead of continuing the list, he just says, whoever. That's important, church, that, that our goal, our target audience is whoever. John 3, 16, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We have lists of people that fit in. The Bible says whoever. Look at Paul. I didn't take on their way of life. We'll talk about that later. I kept my bearings in Christ. But, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. 
I did all of this because of the message. He didn't do it for fame. He didn't do it for accolade. He didn't do it to feel better about himself. He didn't do it for affirmation. The whole point of this mission is the message. The message that Jesus lived for you, died as you, was raised a new life to give you victory. This thing we're talking about is not building a church, is not just helping people that are hurting. It's about delivering a message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Let's jump in today to this, this passage and talk about how this mission changed Paul and can change us. It says, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, write this down if you're taking notes, the mission changed him. The mission, it changed him. It changed him from being selfish to selfless. The change that God wants to do is not a natural change. It is not natural for you to surrender or submit. And that's what it requires to accept this message of Jesus, to, to accept this, this calling of Jesus, to be a Christ follower. We are called to surrender or submit, to release control, to die to ourselves and to follow Jesus. That is the call. It changed him, but that's not natural because naturally, I say this the softest way I can, but the most intentional, you're selfish. Look at me. Selfish. You're born selfish. And if you don't agree with me, take a walk through Action Kids. You will not find one kid, their first word is not share. 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 That's mine. Followed by biting, yelling, and crying. We're selfish, and we don't grow out of it. We don't grow out of it. You've never looked at anybody else in a group picture in your whole life because you don't care what they look like. Not one time have you seen the picture, lighting perfect, golden hour, sun setting. Sally, you look so pretty. No, you think my eyes are closed. I don't care what anybody else looks like. You're selfish. The mission will change you from being selfish fish to selfless. It will give you something bigger to live for. The mission changed him. It changed Paul from living by religion to living by grace, to living by religion to living by relationship, to living for God and living for others. Living for God and living for others. We've got to have a different perspective a different perspective of who we're called to be. Church, we've we've settled in not what we can do to follow God and what we can do for others. We've settled for what can God do for us. Like in Western Christianity, it's not about what we can be a part of. It's about what God can do. It's not what we can do for God. It's what he can do for us. It's not what the church has for us to accomplish together. It's about what the church has for me. We've settled for what God can give us, provide for us, or bless us with instead of realizing that our primary role is to glorify and to make him known. 
The church is not a place to be consumed. The church is a place to be a part of. It is a vehicle to help a lost and hurting world, not a place to come and take. A church is a place that we get the opportunity. Can you believe that we, lost in our sin and shame, were saved and then given an opportunity to be a part of something else and all of us settle for consumption when we were called to be contributors? And you think when we talk about this that we need something. We have nothing. We, we're, not, we're not receiving an offering today. We don't have any teams that are short. This is not for us. This is for you. And it's not even just for action. Like, take this message and go wherever you, you need this. Change, Tim. You have to change your perspective. You have to get this first point before you get anything else because you have to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. You cannot settle for consuming when you were called to create. You were called to contribute. I voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose-living, immoralist, the defeated, demoralized, whoever. Write this down. The mission, the mission included everyone. We're called to serve, to set aside our own rights in the service of God and the service of others. It's service with a, with a purpose to include everybody. This may be tough for some of us to hear because we kind of live in an us versus them world today in 2023, but I need you to get this in your spirit today because this is the heart of God at all of our locations. Everybody, everybody, everybody is somebody that Jesus died for. Everybody. I did this back in 2020, I believe, but I want to have a little group participation today because I think it's the best way to illustrate this point. There's so many new people with us, and most of you don't remember what I said last week. So, <laughs> like, oh, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Well, you've been here eight years, but that's great. <laughs> say this. Say, say, Jesus loves me. Remember that song? You go, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bob. No, I can't sing. Stop, 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 stop. No, no, We already did worship. We're done with worship. Jesus loves me. Look to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. Come on. I know some of you grew up like me, Baptist or Preston or Catholic, but you can talk in church. Come on, you can talk. You can raise your hands. You can even look me in the eye. I'm a real person. I'm right here. Hey. Look to your neighbor. Come on, Jesus loves you. Now look to the neighbor that you ignored and say, Jesus loves you too. Isn't love you too always a little bit like, just? it's just not as good. It's watered down. If, if you're married or you have a significant other, you're like, I love you. You're like, I love you too. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that right now, but you said it, so I'm going to say it back. Jesus loves the people I don't know. Really does. Jesus loves the people I don't like. Last one. Jesus loves the people not like me. This is what it sounded for me here at Winter Park. I don't know what Oviedo or Sanford was like. Jesus loves me. This I know. Jesus loves you because you'd probably know the person you're sitting by. You get that. Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves you too. Jesus loves the people I don't know. Jesus loves the people I don't like. Jesus loves the people not like me. It's harder to say it because it doesn't, 
feel right. Jesus loves whoever. And we've settled for this Christianity that, that teaches that we have to change some things to get to Jesus. No, Jesus accepts us so that he can change us, not the other way around. And we've put ourselves in the middle, and we think we have to change people so that Jesus can accept them. I mean, go back to the Apostle Paul. Like Paul, he calls himself the chief of sinners because he was. He wasn't just lost. He wasn't just a religious leader that had missed the whole point of Jesus. He was literally hunting and tracking down Christians to kill them. Like, how many of you have ever been surprised by somebody that walked in church? You've seen somebody, you're like, what are you doing here? And, and for two reasons. One, you may be surprised by who they are and what they're doing here, or you may be like, well, I was with you last night. What we? I knew what we were doing last week. I'm glad you're here. Hope the roof doesn't fall in on us. We're surprised by people who come to church. Christians in Paul's day would have been scared when he came to church. Like, is he going to kill us? But the, but the mission, it, it included included everyone, whoever. So we need to make sure that we're not leaving people out of the love of Jesus. We make it really clear, though, we are unapologetic in our beliefs, but unconditional in our love. We don't just love people that love us. That would make us any different. If we've received the true love of Jesus, and then we're giving it away. It is an unconditional love, unapologetic in our beliefs. We'll get to that in a moment, unconditional in our love. In fact, I wrote this down this week. You can connect or you can correct. But very rarely can you do both at the same time. Correction's lazy. When it comes to a lost world, I'm not talking about the church. I'll get there in just a second. When I'm talking about reaching people, correction is lazy. It's often selfish, and it's very rarely motivated by love or wanting anything other than to be right. In fact, a lot of Christians say that they're just correcting when they're really just criticizing and condemning, and neither are our role. We're called to connect to a lost world so that we can share the love of Jesus, so the Holy Spirit, by way of conviction, can lead people to repentance. Now, let me... Let me also clarify what the church's role is inside the church. Before you get carried away, the church's job inside of the church, small group leaders, pastors, accountability partners, actually two-thirds of kind of living out this church leadership model, Paul writes to Timothy in Ephesus, and he says, correct, rebuke. That's a, not a word we use. I'd like, to, I'd like to offer a rebuke. Correct, rebuke, and exhort. 
So 66% of the conversations inside a local body, inside of a small group is correct, rebuke. It's, a, it's an encouragement through correction or confrontation. So I know that there is real issues in the church. I know there is real problems in the church. I know there is real people, men and women, who have used their power to abuse people. So please don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of times spiritual abuse is not abuse. It's just called accountability. You don't like that somebody told you you couldn't do what you wanted to do, and so forth, they were against you. No, they were just doing what the Bible calls you to do and said, hey, I don't think that you should do that anymore. I don't think that you should say that. I don't think you should live that way, not because I hate you or because I, I want to condemn you. I'm just trying to, that's, that's what the church is called. Do you see the difference? We connect, we connect with a lost world so that we can give them Jesus. But once we've said, hey, we're all on the same team, we're with Jesus, our job through a loving way, through a, a proper way, in a proper setting, in a proper time, is to edify believers, to challenge. Iron sharpens iron. I think you got it. It's just, no, it's fine. Thank you. I had in here, probably not gonna clap there, gonna be really awkward. New people aren't gonna like it. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. Look at this, the mission included everyone, but also the mission establishes his identity, establishes our identity. We're gonna talk about the next week, about the Holy Spirit and conviction. This is the connection piece, that, that we are Christ followers first. Before you are a husband, before you are a wife, before you are a son or daughter, before you are a friend, before you are a church member, you are a Christ follower. And I just wanna submit today that that's the most, that's the most important decision you'll ever make, is to be born again, that that is the best day of your life. Not when you're born, when you're born again. When you give your life to Jesus, and I believe the second day, the second best day, is the day that you figure out why. It's the day that you figure out why. We can help with that. I know Pastor Ray talked about it last week, but action steps, specifically step two, is a way that, that you can figure out why. And it is a way to join our team. It is a way to get involved in the church. But, but I want to just offer you this today, even if you're not sure yet if this place is for you, even if you're sure this place isn't for you, that's fine. Come grab a free meal, free childcare, take those gifts tests because I just believe you will never be fulfilled in this life until you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. I can't think of a greater tragedy in the life of a believer than receiving Jesus and then living the rest of your life with no purpose because you don't know why. The mission that established his identity. To really walk in our identity, church, we need a couple of things, a, a couple of, of tools uh, to make sure we are walking in our purpose. We need to let go of our past and we need to have a foundation for our future. And there are so many ways to do that, but we do have two practical options here at Action Church that I wanna give you on this Vision Sunday. I wanna be practical with your next steps. The first one is our freedom groups. To establish your identity, you have to know who you are. Not who you used to be, not who you were before you met Jesus, but who you are now. When I say freedom group, so many people say, ah, that's not for me. That's somebody that had a really tough childhood or made a ton of mistakes in their life. Have you ever been angry? Have you ever been impatient? Have you ever had a, a, a thought that, 
that was not proper when it comes to sexuality or lust? Have you, have you gone through any trauma? Have you ever struggled with any type of numbing of the pain? Have you, have you lived on this earth? If you have, you're a perfect candidate for freedom because you're carrying around some junk. To walk in your identity, your purpose, you have to let go of yesterday, but you also have to have a foundation, and we have a, a small group curriculum called Fundamentals, and it's just uh, several weeks, really the foundations of our faith, who the Bible is, who God is, what the local church is, really building a foundation for your identity. You, you, you cannot build your identity, a true identity, on anything other than Jesus on this gospel, on the word of God, but you need to know that. So we need to be free from yesterday. We need to have a foundation for the future, the mission established, his identity. Says, I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I entered their world, tried to experience things from their point of view. The mission challenged him to enter their world. Some people are never gonna come here and I need you to make sure you understand the whole point of our, of our faith, of our reaching of people is not for them to come to church. That, that, that should be uh, a next step, but, but our goal is to give them Jesus. We have to enter their world. There are some people that will never come here until you go there. And we have to make sure that we make it easy for them to come to church. Come on, some churches make it harder to get involved in church than to get into heaven. I gotta do what? I gotta change what? We should be a place where people that are hurting, where people that need help feel welcome. I wrote this down. To enter their world, we have to go to where they are. Check this out. I don't have to be like them, but I do have to actually like them. I don't have to be like them, but I do have to actually like them. We have to earn the right to reach, much less preach the Jesus that we follow. We're called to be Matthew 5, salt and light. We're called to go into the world, called to go to where they are, to go. Too many of us get stuck at gathering as opposed to gathering so that we can grow. The purpose of Action Church, the purpose of local church is not just to come to it. It's to come to it so that we can be edified, so that we can worship God as a congregation, so that we can have relationship and accountability and community. We gather so that we can grow. And growing just doesn't happen on Sundays. There is no way you are gonna become, connect to all that God has for you in an hour a week. And the average action church person is once every three weeks. There's no way you're gonna become all that God created you to be for one hour every three weeks. We gather so that we can grow together, and that's more than just Sunday. We gather so that we can grow, so that we can then go into the world and make disciples. Challenges us to enter their world. Thought about it this week. Your, your life is your platform. It's your pulpit. It's your stage which means your family, your friends, your workplace, your sphere of influence, that's your audience. So I have a question for you. What's your performance like? What do they see when they see you? Gosh, I, I love that we're here together. I love that we get to worship together. In fact, worshiping with you 
being in this room is one of the highlights of my week. But it's not hard to play the part in here. And here, we're receiving. Out there, we're called to be giving. We're called to be living out this faith. So what's your performance like? I want to give you some opportunities. I want to take this vision Sunday not to just talk about the Scripture, not to just hopefully give us some encouragement to live differently. I want to give us some practical things. That's why we talked about freedom and fundamentals and action steps. I want to talk to you about some things that we're doing here at Acts Church. Ways for you to enter their world. The mission challenging to enter their world. This summer, uh, we're starting a brand new thing Right now, kind of a working title, Action Ministry Training, Living an External Focused Faith. This is, this is messages for that, that new initiative that we know who we are so we can go and reach people. To reach no, people nobody's reaching, we have to do things nobody's doing. And so I want to have us have training and then a different perspective. And so we've actually had, in the last couple months, uh, Dr. Joel Hunter, who pastored Northland Church for 30 plus years. He's joined our team. He's a pastor on our staff. Uh, he's the pastor of Community Benefit. He's helping Pastor Eddie uh, and Tina and a lot of our different location pastors and outreach coordinators really connect after you know decades, about four decades of ministry experience in Orlando, really helping us strategically connect to new partners and really dream about local, uh, national, and international missions. He's the pastor of Community Benefit here, but one of the focuses we've been dreaming about is this action ministry training. It's not a school. It is a class in which we begin to learn who we are, who God is, so that we can take that into the world. This idea that, that too many of us are, are still sitting and just learning when we're called to be teachers by this point. We should be teaching by this point. And so we have to know who we are and who God is so that when we go, we actually represent the Christ that we serve. And so it's gonna be apologetics, it's gonna be uh, uh, theology, and then it's gonna be how to practically take that, learn that, receive that, and then live that out. Really walk the second mile of Christianity. Some of the other things that we can go into the world, I just wanna give you quickly. We, we serve the first responders every single week. We're chaplain of Seminole Fire, Winter Springs Police, and serve so many different police departments. In fact, in Seminole County, every new hire with Seminole County comes through an event or a lunch at Action Church, in which we pray for them. We had 15 pastor ready or 18 this week that were here. We're doing lunch, we're praying for them. Every first responder that comes through. Um, I'm so over time, but I just gotta get through all of these. 12 o'clock, we'll just start at one o'clock, it's fine. Some of you are like, what? We're gonna, no, I'm gonna be done in 15 minutes, just calm down. You're not gonna be here for three more weeks, you're fine, it's your, check it out. It's just true. We're unsheltered, we're serving, we served 883 meals in 2023, 883 meals to the unsheltered. We are the sole provider, the lead provider of six schools for food pantries for students who don't have schools, don't have food over the weekend. Uh, the Winter Park Pregnancy Centers and Pregnancy Centers in town, we're providing beds and formula and diapers and, and their needs. We host a monthly student of the month in Goldsboro at the Westside Community Rec Center in Goldsboro outside of Sanford. Uh, we have a web portal uh, that's launching, because here's, here's, here's where I was at. I was in a meeting with uh, Dr. Hunter and Pastor Eddie and our outreach and our LPs, and I was hearing about the hundreds of things we do each month. Literally, I lost count at 53 things that I did not know that we did. I'm literally writing down, oh my gosh, we do that? Oh my gosh, we do that? Oh my gosh, we do that? And I'm involved in this thing. 
at a pretty decent level. And I thought, if I don't know, the church doesn't know. How, how do we let them know what we could be doing together? Literally hundreds of things. And so we're starting a new webpage. If you need help, we're gonna have a place for you to fill out a form, and we have partners. If you need food, you need resources, you need a place to live, we have partners all across the city that we can help you with. If we can't help, somebody can. If you have an idea, you can put, say, hey, I'm already doing this. I'm serving this group. Can the church come alongside? That answer is yes, we're absolutely gonna do that. And then we have a spot where you can see the hundreds of outreach groups that we already have so that you can say, you know, what are y'all doing on Tuesday night? I guarantee you at certain day, a certain time of the week, seven days a week, there is something that you you can be a part of that action is already doing. Across the nation through church planning, we're planning hundreds of churches every single year. Internationally, I don't wanna go through everything, just a couple of things. Uh, in Ukraine, we provided for the local churches there through a relationship with Dr. Hunter, we provide a Starlink communications so that churches can communicate with their members in the war-torn areas. We just delivered a huge shipping container of generators so they could have power for churches so they can continue to preach the good news. Regardless, See, the, the gospel, it penetrates. The gospel goes into every area. I say Ukraine and you think politics. When I say Ukraine, I think people. Yeah. I don't care which side you're on. What we should be doing, I, I, could just, I, I felt it in both services. Like, well, I don't know what we should be doing there. I know what we should be doing, preaching Jesus. Right. Messenger International is the, the most downloaded in the most languages in the world. The app that with the most languages in some of the hardest hit areas of the world, 1040 window. We've seen millions, like 25, 30 million downloads of this app, the word of God through the, uh, John and Lisa Bevere. World Compassion, that's the, uh, the, the Bibles we smuggle into Iran that we sponsored last year at Expansion. We use the drug traffickers who drop the drugs in a different country and they come back, they grab our Bibles, they go through Iran. You're like, can you do that? No, but we do because they know the roots and the Bible's getting in. I don't like that. I don't care. The Bible's getting into Iran. Here's what's really cool. We sponsored together, all of us who give at Action Church. We got all of those pastors, a network of about 100 pastors in Iran in the underground church, and we snuck them out under different business ideas, flew them, and we collected them all in an undisclosed location for a week in which we blessed them with a vacation, a conference, and training that you were a part of, giving a significant amount of money, so they could have a week of just reprieve from not just preaching Jesus, but living in fear of death every single week. And so thank you for that. John Maxwell is a new partner. I was actually having dinner with him last week talking about this initiative. Over the last three years, 753,000 people have given their life to Jesus in business conferences, secular business conferences. Listen to this. He does this conferences, just did one last week, 15,000 leaders in Guatemala gives a three day of all of his teachings. He says, if you really wanna know the secret to all that we've done through our books and our leadership and our training, I have one more session, but I wanna warn you, it's not, it's not secular, it's not business, it's a little more spiritual. If you wanna hear the true secret, come back tonight or come back tomorrow morning. Then he preaches unapologetically the gospel and 790 plus thousand people on a card that we've now connected to a local church or discipleship. They'll pass a million in 2023. We're a part of that through your giving. Kids Camp coming up this summer is amazing. It's free for our community. It's free for our community and our, student, and, our, and our kids. Our students, gosh, I am so far out of time. Our students, I never go over, only on Vision Sunday, because it's what we're called to do. Now I'm still getting excited. I gotta get to the students. Students, students are changing a little bit from an, an event-based model to a discipleship 
model. We, we, we found that, that a lot of our time of our leaders and our staff is going into our monthly student nights, and we're really seeing a lot of traction in our discipleship through our small groups and our encounters at school and our city groups. So we're taking our student nights to quarterly because it's still important to have a, a big top of the funnel to get new students in, to have big events so that law students can come in, but we're putting our focus of our resources and our time in the discipleship of our students through our city groups and our small groups. We're still gonna have momentum. Super excited about that. We're starting a new winter retreat, so we have two kind of retreat and conferences as well. And so that's coming, just entering their world, just looking for new ways to enter their world. In fact, that's the last point. Um, if you want a, a, a more clear message, go watch the 9 a.m. I was way clearer. You got me way too excited, just way too excited. It's like giving somebody with ADHD some caffeine. You know what I mean? Like. I feel, like, I feel like this is how Pastor Eddie feels every day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I feel like. Just, just so excited. I got, I, got, I, got, I got two more points. I become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did it all because of the message. Write this down. The mission helped him become more creative to live out the message. When Paul was writing to Jews, he talked about the Old Testament and patriarchs. When he was writing to the Gentiles, he talked about the God of creation. Same message, different approach. Same message, different presentation. We can never get obsessed with what we do. We can be obsessed with who we represent and why we're doing it. That Jesus is the only way and we're doing it because we love you. That's why we'll change students. We'll change action steps. If you've been here long enough, we've had four, we've had three, we've had two, we've had two twice a month. It's not because we don't know what we're doing. It's because there's always a different way. As times change, as people change, the, mess, the message can't change, but the method always has to. It always has and it always will. And too many churches get this wrong. They prioritize how over what and why and wonder why they're not reaching people. It's because we're obsessing over the wrong thing. Not here. We're gonna be creative. Here's the last thing. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Too many of us love to talk about it, love to receive the benefits of it, but never give what we've received away to anybody else. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Want to be a part of it. Like when a student comes to know Jesus, I want to be a part of it. Like when a, a woman's future is saved and a baby is saved and a pregnancy center, I don't, want to, I, I don't want to just celebrate what somebody else did. I want to be a part of it. I didn't want to just hear about it and celebrate it. I didn't want to be, look what they did. I want to be, look what we did. Unfortunately, over the past year, year and a half, I've had several occasions in which I've been visiting hospitals, family and friends, been in emergency rooms and urgent cares. I noticed something. This is more than just an example because at Action Church, we've said since day one, we got it from Matthew Barnett, LA Dream Center, that the church, Action Church, will never be a, a country club for Christians. It'll be a hospital for the hurting. We are a spiritual hospital. But I noticed when I was there, you walk through the ER, there, there's so many different people fulfilling so many different roles, all to save or to help a patient. 
Like you got the first responders, you got police officers, you've got, uh, 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 you got fire, you've got paramedics, you got front desk workers, you got people that are taking the notes and making sure you get in. You got people in triage that are getting all your vitals. You got technicians, you've got nurses, you've got anesthesiologists, you've got uh, internal medicine, you've got surgeons, you've got cardiac, you've got neuro, you've got all these different people. You get into the room and you, you, you've got HR people that come by. You've got insurance people that come by. Those aren't the fun conversations, but they're there. And they're needed. So many different roles. You've got the patient who's in need of care. And we have patients in our life. We have lost people that are in need of care. And we are a hospital with so many different roles. You say, Pastor, I'm not a first responder. I'm kind of scared of blood. Me too. I would not be the paramedic. And I'm not the outreach guy. I'm Believe it or not, I'm more introverted than extroverted. You're not gonna see me loving a, a gas outreach. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have an intentional conversation. I'd probably not be the first responder, but I may be a, a doctor. You may be a nurse. You may be HR. You may be, I, I, I'm not gonna go talk to anybody, but I will input information. You know what? If your gift is organization, we can't take care of people if we don't know who they are. There's no different than the person that invites them, the person that puts them in the database so we can take care of their family and we can reach out. It's all what I've noticed at every hospital at a certain time of the night there's a statement that's always made usually later in the night I need you to know I'm not a prophet and this is not an end times prophecy but we are late in the night in times of eternity we are closer to Jesus coming back than we ever have been before how do I know that well that's just math but you look around the world and you see this thing ain't getting better it's late in the night and there's a statement that's always said and sometimes it's offensive. Sometimes it ruffles some feathers. But it says, hey, if you're not of utmost importance here, if you don't have a role here, if you're not the patient and you're not the family directly caring for them, hey, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave because visiting hours are over. Visiting hours are over. You have no purpose in helping this patient. So I have to ask you to leave. Be very clear. I'm not asking you to leave today. I'm just asking why you don't have a role in helping the patient. <laughs> Visiting hours are over. And the truth is you have a role to play. Maybe today you found out that Jesus loves you. Maybe today you found out that there's a role for you to play either way. What is your next step to make sure that you are not asked to leave, you're asked to be a part? That I no longer live for me, I live for a mission. That I no longer focus on self, I focus on God, I focus on God. A place for you here. A place for you in the family and kingdom of God. There's work to be done. There's patience to be helped. And you have a role. We'd love to help you find it. Let's bow our heads at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. We thank you for your word in 1 Corinthians 9 today. We thank you for challenging messages to step out of ourself and out of our comfort and into our calling. Church, every head bowed and every eye closed. I know in this room, across our locations, there are those of you that would say, Pastor, I, I'm, not, I'm not visiting, I am the patient. And the truth is, all of us have been there before. Every single one of us. Spiritually speaking, have been on that hospital bed, broken, literally dying. 
a spiritual death until we were saved by Jesus. And I wanna give you the opportunity today to, to find that healing, to find that restoration. The Bible calls it salvation. Jesus lived for you a perfect life to die in your place, a sinner's death. It gives you access to salvation, forgiveness, mercy, and grace. His resurrection gives you access to victory over the grave. But you do have a, an opportunity to make a decision. What is that decision? Romans 10, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. So we talked about earlier, allowing him to change you. Submit and surrender is the call. If that's you today and you wanna do that, you want to surrender your life to follow Jesus for the first time, or today's a day of recommitment for the first time in a long time. Say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow him. I'm making a decision to follow him today. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Say, I want Jesus. Got you, got you. Yeah, several. The right, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yep, back, stadium. Yep. Anybody else? San Fernando Put your hands down. If you raise your hand, if you would pray this in your hearts, I pray it out loud. Say this, say, God, I love you. God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I'm saved only by your grace. And I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And God, I give you that place in my life. Complete control. Have your way. Thank you for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us. I pray that we would Give up me and sign up for the mission. Whatever that means, whatever church, whatever participation, that we would begin to live beyond ourselves, to live a life that glorifies you and tells others about you. We love you. Praise you in this place. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them.